On today's show, we talk to a man who thinks you should be using a recruiter. What? Welcome to the Tradies Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Yep. Today on the Tradies Business Show with me, Wazza, and you, Michaela. Michaela. <laughs> We're actually chatting to a guy called Justin Falk who thinks if you're going to employ somebody in your business, you should seriously think about using a recruiter. Now, I know, I know, I know, you just ran off the road or choked on your sandwich or something, uh, but he makes some really good points. And he has a service called Talent Vine, uh, which changes the way that you engage recruiters. Uh, and I've, I've uh, seen a couple of people use this. works really, really well. It uh, is better value for money, which has got to be a good thing, and takes a lot of the guesswork out of actually picking a recruiter and I think really uh, does a better job for employers than perhaps some of the horror stories that we've heard about, uh, about using recruiters. So um, Justin's going to talk through us. There's a few technical challenges in here, but we, we work through them, Michaela, because we're adaptable. We did, yes. And, uh, and yeah, he, he has some great stuff. And he shares some really good lessons too about, about starting a business. Um, Talent Vine, uh, Justin started himself from the ground up and it's now quite a big business working with some big corporates as well. Uh, and he shares a couple of uh, insights into, I guess, the biggest mistakes he made in uh, in business and in setting one up. So there's some good stuff at the end there as well of this interview. And if you don't decide to use a recruiter, and perhaps it's for one of your apprentices or mm. lower end, because maybe it's the type of position too yeah. as to whether courses it, it wants um, a recruiter or not, uh, we have created the Tradies Business Toolkit which can be found at tradiesbusinessshow.com forward slash toolkit. And we've just created a um, a little mini recruiting course uh, in there as well to help you. So that's part of your membership uh, with other tools and courses and a Facebook group as well to share your recruiting challenges. Mm. Uh, I know we had a member ask recently, you know, you've got two really good candidates. How do you decide which one to go with? Uh, so we do touch on recruitment a lot. Wasn't in a 20 cent coin? Yes. Just, Heads or tails. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a simple answer. I think that's how a lot of people do it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, head over there for our membership community. Absolutely. Tradiesbusinessshow.com forward slash toolkit. So joining us on the show today is Justin Falk from Talent Vine. I hope I've said your last name correctly, Justin. You're one of the few who got it right. Thank you. <laughs> no worries, mate. Uh, so, Justin, I prefer, rather than reading out, uh, and I hate doing this, when you, you go to a workshop or, or a presentation or a keynote and the MC reads out someone's bio, like this, this stilted, um, scripted thing, and I often sit there and think, why do they do that when the person's going to stand up and talk about themselves anyway? Wouldn't it just be better if you let them introduce themselves because they kind of know about themselves. So, mate, uh, rather than me read something pre-prepared out, uh, why don't you tell our listeners who you are, what you're doing, and uh, and I guess, you know, what we, we might chat to you about on today's episode. 
Yeah, absolutely. More, be more than happy to. Uh, so just to, get, to give yourself a, a little bit of background. So my name is uh, so Justin Folks. I'm the founder of a, a talent acquisition or hiring platform called Talentvine. Uh, essentially, what we do is uh, we make it a lot easier for employers to be able to find and retain the best candidates that are out there uh, across the market. So what we started finding was, uh, you know, we realized that that hiring, you know, especially when it comes to kind of skilled or technical talent, um, you know, it's really hard. Uh, it costs a lot of money for employers. Um, and especially when you're running a small business, there's pretty much better things for you to be doing than having to uh, spend all your time trying to screen and select. Um, so we wanted to make it a, a lot easier for business owners to be able to connect with the best recruiters that were out there in the market who actually have the skills um, and the networks to be able to find the tiny type of candidates that they're looking for in the most cost-effective way. So um, in a bit of a verbose way. So that is that is our, our platform. Is, um, and what's really driving us as part of the vision is we just want recruiting to be beautiful again. And it should be simple and cost-effective. Um, and, you know, the recruiters that are out there should be held accountable and, and should be encouraged in ways that our platform does for them to be able to deliver the best possible work for employers and the business owners. So just to clarify, your platform actually connects recruiters to small businesses. It's not necessarily a platform to find the employees that you're looking for, but more a recruiter. Uh, that's that is one of the two options that we have. So especially so with their skills and technical roles, what what we see happen so often is that uh, the business owners will spend all that time trying to find those candidates, not necessarily hire the best one, and then have to go out to market again. So yes, so we connect them to employers. Someone will put a role up saying that they're looking for, uh, let's say, for example, a mechanic in uh, in Toowoomba. That gets sent out to the relevant recruiters. They all come back and bid for the opportunity to provide those candidates, the top candidates that they have. Um, and a lot of the time, those recruiters might have recently just filled a very similar role, which means that they can actually provide that top professional screen candidate at a much lower rate. Uh, so that is essentially how our platform works for more experienced hires. Any less experienced hires, then there is a, a fixed fee option where we will uh, manage the whole recruitment process for a client. Um, and that's just through putting an add-on seek. So that headhunting element won't exist, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it still saves a lot of time and, and costs involved in the process, yeah. So I know a lot of uh, trade business owners don't necessarily look to use a recruiter um, just due to the cost factors and, and thinking they don't know your business as well as you do. What are some of the benefits for looking at hiring a recruiter and what should be some of the things that you want in a good recruiter? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And um, a, a lot of people do feel that because there have been some kind of cowboy recruiters um, in the past, as, as I guess they are in, in every industry. And that's created this perception that people don't necessarily trust um, recruiters uh, or like recruiters, but um, they don't miss it. they don't really trust the bad recruiters, and and that's really what our platform is uh, is all about. Is we're flushing those ones out of the industry, and uh, so that you can actually work with the, the best quality one. So um, as you said, Michaela, there is that kind of perception that it is really expensive. Um, however, same as if I was trying to you know tile my my own uh, bathroom, I'd end up doing a pretty harsh job, um, and you know wouldn't end up with with very high quality. And the same kind of being say 
be said for hiring as well. So um, when you engage with a recruiter, the first thing that you should look for is, um, yes, they're not going to understand your company culture as well as you. So if you can put aside at least half an hour for them to come visit the business premises, have a chat with you, some of the other team, build up a really good, accurate um, a accurate idea in their head of what are the drivers for success within that business. Uh, you know, what makes people stay? What makes people leave? They should be able to build up all that really strong information so that they can then go out into the market for you um, and find a candidate. Um, and, yeah, the flip side as well is, you know, people often say, I, I can't afford a recruiter. But when you when you look at an average role taking about 52 days to fill, um, and, you know, there being at least uh, 60 hours involved in writing a job ad, putting it out there, um, screening the applicants, organizing interviews. Um, when you actually look at what you would build your own time at, um, and then you kind of ask whether it actually be worth, you know, paying a three or four thousand dollar fee, um, a lot of the time you would have actually saved a lot of money by actually outsourcing that. It's such a good point, Justin, that whole, opportunity costs that business owners don't really take into account with so many things. And, and we've talked about this stuff on the podcast about doing your own bookkeeping and uh, you know, even things like doing your own Facebook campaigns. There's just so many things you can outsource now that free you up to do what you're best at in your business. And I find mm. recruiting to be one that, uh, in all honesty, is probably one of the things that business owners are the worst at. <laughs> But they insist on doing it themselves and pretty much employing the first person that's available rather than the best person for the role. Yeah, exactly. That uh, that is true. That does happen a lot, and and that's all. You know, we find it. And the thing that puts them off, uh, you know, outsourcing that recruitment is is the upfront fee. But um, you know, the true cost of recruitment, it, it's not that upfront recruitment fee. It's getting it wrong. As you said, it's having to then go back out to the market after two or three months and having to rehire again um, and finding someone else because you did decide to just pick the first person um, who applied and, and actually showed up to the interview in a, in a slightly iron shirt. So it's um, it, it's really, you know, we're, we're all about just providing the employers with those tools so that they can, um, you know, save time. There's no obligation, no upfront fees for them. So if you really would like to, um, you know, continue asking around your own network and and that's something that we still encourage all of our clients to do simultaneously to to using uh something like Talentvine or any other recruiters you know use your network ask around get some referrals because these are people a lot of the time who will know you and they'll understand who you are as a business owner and the type of people that would work well in your business uh, so we do find that you know referrals are generally um, come with really strong candidates uh, based on your culture so given that there are those uh, negative perceptions out there with so many things, but you know, we're obviously we're talking recruitment. I mean, I've had my own experiences in business over the years using recruiters that, you know, the old way of doing things is I paid that fairly large, you know, five-figure sum uh, in a lot of cases and just feeling like at the end of the day, I probably could have done as good a job myself and I know – a lot of our listeners probably feel that same way. How is what you're doing, I suppose, addressing that? And you've you've touched on a few points there, but how is Talentvine different, mate? Yeah, sure. So 
One of, so some of the, the issues that we're addressing is exactly like what you've experienced. So, uh, you know, firstly, the what can be exorbitant fees. Um, and, and the other bit is, you know, actually keeping the recruiters accountable and actually wondering if, you know, they, you could have done a, a better job, um, you know, y- yourself. So, um, what happens is, uh, so firstly, there's about a 40% cost savings through our platform because it's competitive. The recruiters know it's competitive. And, uh, for one of a better term, you also, there's also that asset utilization aspect. Whereas a recruiter a lot of the time has recently placed a similar role has a shortlist of suitable candidates um, to send across, and they are then able to charge much lower fees because they don't have to start the whole process from scratch in terms of going out and interviewing and uh, and, and finding the right people for you. So that's where the uh, the cost reduction comes in. We're keeping all the recruiters accountable now as well. So every time any business owner works with a recruiter across Talent Vine, they're getting rated on their customer service, the quality of candidates, the follow-up care, um, all those aspects there. So they know that they have to really over-deliver in terms of the quality of the candidates um, and that service to you um, in order for them to then be hired again in, in the future. So it's a, pr- it's a pretty unregulated industry. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so we're, we're providing the, uh, the clarity now for employers to not only select the best ones, but to ensure that those, uh, those recruits who are selected I continue to uh, to really uh, deliver over and above. So, what are some of the things when working with a recruiter that you, as a small business, should be wanting them to be held accountable for? Uh, is it things like having a guarantee if if the person doesn't work out, or is it you know so many certain applicants? Or what are some of the key measurements you can use to make sure that you are getting good value from your recruiter? Yeah, sure. So. The first, uh, the first thing that should be a, um, like a, a warning sign or a, a, a real thing to, to look out for is, uh, purposely, uh, firstly, I would avoid recruiters that are trying to lock you down and actually, uh, trying to make you actually play an upfront fee, uh, before they've actually started or delivered any work. So, um, if a recruiter is really as good as they say they are, um, then they'll be happy to be paid upon delivery, which is, uh, you know, the day that a candidate will actually start work. So uh, that's a warning sign. They should also then be taking a lot of time and effort to understand you. So whether it's whether it's a, a Skype or phone call, ideally coming across to the your place of work, um, like I mentioned, getting a solid understanding of exactly the culture um, and the skills and, and the behaviours required for the role. Um, then that's generally a stage where they get to a bit of um, so there'll be a, a contract, um, could be a negotiation, or could just be put forward in terms of their rate, which will either be a set fee um, or a um, or percentage of the salary. And then in terms of that, there should also be a replacement guarantee. So at the very least three months, uh, we're seeing these across town fine as, as replacement guarantees are used as a, uh, as a negotiation or as, as a point of comparison. We're seeing them there to um, six up to about 12 months, which we're really excited about because that is a way of recruiting putting that money with their masters and actually saying, you know what, I'm so confident I can place you a great candidate that they're actually going to stay there for at least a year. Um, otherwise, that, that, will, that service, that candidate will be replaced at no additional cost. So um, those are that, that's definitely what should be done. We've created one universal set of terms and conditions that all our recruiters agree to, um, and that's really protective as well of the of the employers. So 
so if, if an employer is working with Recruiter, have a look through the terms, especially around the replacement guarantee, and, and just get a get a solid a solid idea of when a candidate will be replaced and, and when they won't. Because sometimes it might be a case of, um, you know, if, if if the company culture changes or the job spec changes, um, you know, often a candidate will leave as a result. So you want to make sure that you're still protected um, and that candidate will still be replaced. Mm. And there's just so much uh, fear around employing people and, and a lot of our listeners are in that growth stage of their business, some of them hiring their first employees uh, in their business and a lot of anxiety around doing that. Uh, what are some of the things that business owners should have in place before they even get to talking to someone like Talentvine about, hey, you know, we need a plumber or we need a general manager or, or you know, whatever the role is they're filling? Yeah, sure. So I think um, – so firstly, is just being really quite clear and actually understanding that um, this is a role that is uh, that's, that's definitely required, you know, because – what can happen sometimes is there'd be a, a, a stage of growth that a business is going through. They might put someone on and actually find out that they are in the producing contract or, um, you know, that, that new hire can sit there twiddling their thumbs for the first couple of months. So, hmm. um, so certainly map out, um, the exact kind of talent requirements that the business needs. Um, get an understanding. And this is something that you should be able to work through with a recruiter as well. Sit down together, look at the knowledge gaps. Um, you know, you could either ha- even have a look at the cash flow, use all this information, um, and share this with a professional, um, and they'll be able to identify, okay, based on what you're looking for, this is the type of candidate that you should be looking for with this type of skills, this level of experience, because that will then fit within this salary band. And they can really help you with that mapping and that business planning aspect of getting the right, uh, the right capital on, on board. So, um, that's the first thing I'd say. And, and the other thing as well is, um, you know, now with the rise of, uh, what's referred to often as the uh, underemployed but overconnected workforce, um, a lot of the times work can be outsourced. Um, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's some digital marketing and some SEO and, uh, you know, some, uh, some social media advertising that a business is looking to get. You know, you probably don't need to spend $60,000 a year on a salary for something like that. Um, there are certainly ways where you could just outsource this for, um, you know, two hours a month, two hours a week, for instance, and that will save you a lot of money. You don't have to actually uh, deal with all the, the people management that comes with, from hiring someone. Um, and a lot of the time you're tapping into some, uh, some real experts who've, uh, who do the similar work. Um, for a lot of clients and thereby, um, you know, keeping up with the latest kind of trends and, and requirements. So, uh, that's, that's the, uh, the other point is really just to have a look and, uh, and see what other services are out there and as to whether you can save that money and resources without sourcing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, such a big change in the way we get things done. Uh, and I guess for our listeners, some of that is definitely possible. Um, but particularly where they're looking for, tradespeople and you know, I think this is the big opportunity for tradies in this country is you can't outsource unblocking a toilet to somebody overseas or uh, you know replacing your roof uh, it really is that that those blue collar trades those manual trades have even more value nowadays because so much other stuff gets mm-hmm. outsourced but uh, you know for our tradies 
they're always going to be required. We don't have robots that come and uh, replace your roof tiles yet. So, uh, <laughs> yet. Yet. Yeah. yeah. Give it 20 years, I'm sure they'll think of something. Um, <laughs> but, but you, you made yeah. a good point there, Justin, about not employing somebody and having them sitting around twiddling their thumbs for the first two weeks or, or heaven forbid, two months. And this is an area I see quite a bit as well is people rush out to employ and they're quick to hire people, um, but they don't put that groundwork in beforehand and, and they don't really give them enough attention once they do start so that they get them up and running quickly. Are there, are there some tips on you know, once you find that great person, they've, they've perhaps done that through a recruiter, they've got their person on board, how can they extract the, the best out of those people as quickly as possible? Yeah, sure. And I think um, I think extracting the best out of them, you know, to make sure that you can do that with the right person, you must go going back a step. So, you know, when you're looking to start hiring, is actually having a good thing and actually doing some some mapping for yourself and asking why do we actually need this person? What will the day in the life of that role actually look like? And start to get an idea from that because the reason why you want to get an accurate picture of that in your head is, you know, if you're going to have someone who's, uh, you know, who's leaving, having to leave the office and, uh, you know, going to uh, call out constantly to, you know, help with some emergency plumbing, you want to make sure that you are going to be hiring someone who's able to work autonomously, you know, that they're a real, that they're a problem solver. They don't need to be there with you holding their hand and, and giving them direction 24 seven. Um, so, once you build a picture, an accurate picture of who you want, the type of skills and behaviors and the, um, the, essentially the, uh, the personality traits that you need of this person, then that's the information that you need to then take to either a recruiter or if you're going to do the hiring yourself, make sure that that's really clear as part of the initial job description and that just you're telling your referrals and those other people in your business network because that's going to work as a pre-screening tool. You almost want to be brutally honest up front um, and actually say to people, hey, look, if you are the type who, who only can work in a team, you know, you're not able to do anything autonomously, um, you know, then we're probably not the right place for you because you don't want to waste any of your own time and you don't want to waste any time having to deal with any unsuitable applicants. So create a way for people to self-select them out of, themselves out of the process and at the same time, the most suitable candidates are going to see that. It's going to resonate with them, and they're going to think, actually, well, this matches my work style. Yeah, I'm interested to apply. So that's a, uh, that's how we encourage people to to get that right up front. Once people then come in and, and start the role, in the role, having just regular feedback with them is incredibly important, and I think that's the most vital way that business owners um, will actually learn of what it's like to actually work there and how those and how your employees are actually enjoying working there. And the reason I say that is because as business owners, a lot of the time we have very aspirational views of what our company is like and what it's really like to be there. You know, we might say, oh, it's such an innovative, friendly environment. <laughs> you know, we treat each other like family. Um, and yeah. so many people will go out and say that. Yeah, and they, they do treat each other like family, mate. They're always hating on each other and arguing the best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, if that is what you're saying aspirationally, you know, make sure that you're speaking with employees, and especially at those early stages. Um, you know, if, 
at least a couple of times a week. Hey, how are you finding this? Is the role as you imagined it was going to be like? Um, and actually find that aspect out from them because if they're saying, um, if your if your job as in the way you're communicating as part of the interview stage and everything, you're telling candidates one thing. Meanwhile, the reality is that the company is actually a completely different thing when they come and start the role. Then you're going to get a lot of turnover, and that's the main reason why we see turnover is uh, that aspirational view. So, um, really understand, speak often to um, to your employees, find out what um, what they want to be doing more of in the role, um, and if you can. Uh, get them to match people's strengths to uh, to what's actually required on the role. So, um, obviously, bearing in mind that they have to be there doing the you know the nitty-gritty and the essentials of the job. Um, but if you can get people doing what they love, you're going to keep them and you're going to retain them and get the most out of them. Yeah, yeah, such great points. Now, mate, uh, I want to ask you a slightly different question uh, before we let you go and and get busy again uh, talking to recruiters and, and building websites and stuff. But uh, you've you've basically built this business from scratch. Uh, so, you know, clearly you're a business person yourself. So many of our listeners are starting or have started their business uh, recently. And uh, I just wanted to ask you, mate, you went through a bit of a process with some capital raising and everything, and we won't go into that in, in too much detail. But what's been perhaps, you know, one or two of your biggest lessons, which is usually your biggest mistakes, in actually starting a business? Yeah, sure. Oh, how much? Have we got another hour for this podcast? <laughs> how, how long is the list, Justin? <laughs> yeah, it is long. Um, no, well, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a great question. And it's true. I did, um, did kind of build this from scratch. And I guess one of the biggest lessons that I've learned um, has been uh, – that how good people are, and I actually generally mean that in terms of the support that I got, especially in those early stages, I had no idea what I was doing. I was never built a website. I don't, I've never been a recruiter myself or anything. Um, so just being able to build up a network of people around you who are there to support you, offer you advice, give you honest feedback as well, I think is incredibly important. Um, so that to me was a was a huge lesson in, in realizing how good people are and that if you just reach out to them often with a phone call or an email, um, people inherently want to help and they'll give up their time to give you that feedback and uh, you know make any introductions for you and stuff as well. So um, you know certainly do what you can to to build up a trusted network around you. Um, and I think another really important lesson I, that I made was to learn um, you know. Find find an area to focus on. Get really good at that, and once you're good at that, then expand. So, uh, when I first launched the business, uh, we wanted to try go global. Um, we were dealing with everything from um, plumbers to lawyers to um, you know CEOs, everything across our platform. And and it was only when we really started to nail down just on a few selected disciplines in the Queensland market. Um, got that pumping, and then once we figured out what the market actually wanted from there, we were able to uh, to expand. So I think just finding um, finding some focus and, and doing that really well, I think is is, is um, you know pretty critical. Um, and uh, and yeah, so as you alluded to, so we did do some capital raising. We managed to get some investors and that on board as well. Um, so I guess it comes with a, a good understanding. 
Um, if you want to have huge global ambitions and, uh, you know, become the next Facebook, which uh, I would like to do, then, uh, you know, obviously you know that you need um, investors and, and that type of capital on board. But if you're happy with just a lifestyle business and, um, you know, you don't want to have to write board reports and, um, and all that type of uh, boring stuff as well, then, you know, I certainly would encourage you to, um, to build your business with your own capital. Um, without actually looking to bring investors on board, because uh, you know, as a as a business owner, entrepreneur, you do lose a certain amount of uh, of freedom uh, when going down that route. Yeah, and I think it's such an important key because I mean, most of us get into it for the freedom aspect of running our own business. It doesn't always turn out that way uh, when you're working sixty hours a week, but uh, it's definitely um, something to keep in mind. So, thank you so much for your help today. And if anyone wanted to find out more about you, where would they go? Uh, yes, thank you guys for having us. Uh, best way to uh, find out a bit more about us is uh, if you just want to visit our website, so that's uh, talentvine, dot au, um, and all our contact details are there. And uh, yeah, one of the team would uh, would love to chat through what different options are available for, for all the different um, hiring routes. Awesome, mate. Well, thanks again, Justin. Uh, hopefully, you uh, you didn't enjoy the surf too much on the weekend, mate. I don't think there's too many waves around at the moment, <laughs> is there? Uh, so waves were pumping. They were way too big for me. I normally hang out in, in the white room um, anyway, <laughs> so uh, it, it, it didn't make much difference. But, um, yeah, I appreciate uh, your time, guys. Thanks very much for having me on. All good. Um, super exciting, and, uh, yeah, you have help in the future. All good. Talk to you again soon. Thanks, Justin. Okay, You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.